Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is now episode 10 of the Bald, Bold, and Gold podcast. And the Irish have just won the biggest game in the last 27 years. We have an awesome show for you. I wish we said we spent most of it previewing Boston College, but we didn't. We went through and relived uh, what happened on Saturday night for the biggest win, at least in our lifetimes. So we do get into other college football games and what happened uh, and what's going to happen this Saturday. But let's be honest, you guys want to hear about Clemson. We wanted to talk about Clemson. So that's what we did. Hope you guys enjoy. So before we get into the biggest win in Notre Dame Stadium in 27 years, uh, I mean, I guess we could go around the country, but Ian, you said this before we started recording, we were the country on Saturday. You know, all eyes were on Notre Dame Stadium and the absolute battle that took place. But I, I guess we should touch on it a little bit. I think we saw the no team right behind us, Georgia, get basically eliminated from playoff contention. And the other kind of big game of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly fine to having this con this conversation in the context of what it does for us in playoff contention. Because now that we got past Clemson, I think it's it's time to start thinking about how how the rest of the country starts affecting us. Um, and so right there, I'm looking at Georgia losing. Um, Florida got themselves right back into the conversation. Um, Cincinnati rolled again, um, and then BYU won again. So I guess those are the other three games that we kind of had had something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, uh, I obviously I don't think any of the three of us got to spend too much time watching the cocktail party from Jacksonville on Saturday. But uh, it seems like Florida it seems like it was a pretty tight game early, uh, and Florida really turned on the Jets late. Kind of, kind of exposed Georgia for some injuries and exposed Georgia for lack of, lack, lack of a quarterback um, for all intents and purposes. I think that I don't know what the deal with JT Daniels is, but him not playing is clearly, clearly limiting Georgia in, in so many ways. Um, some of the other games, like you mentioned, Cincinnati looked really good again, and um, I know I was watching with a few with a few other people, but BYU was that was that, that game was Thursday, right, or Friday. Friday night, Friday night. Yeah. Uh, that game Friday Woke night. Woke up realizing I won that bet. Which yeah, nice. that was that was very nice. Uh, I watched I watched being You knew you knew when you placed that bet you were gonna yeah. win. You bet on Zach Wilson, you're gonna win. I that can't bet. believe that line was only two and a half. Uh, but I guess I guess Boise yeah. Boise just was not as good as what people thought it was. Um, 
up, so that's good. I think we did pretty well. People people were talking all these analytics about uh, BYU's never won on blue turf. Like, okay, I, 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 let's play some ball. We can, we can save it. I'm, I'm I only buy a certain analytics, like Michigan on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Did you see? Uh, there was a video going around. Uh, for I don't even know why it went hurt, but uh, Setson Bennett had to leave the the cocktail party game, and George's backup first warm up throw on the sidelines. Nowhere near his target and just nails like a trainer. I saw that. And every, all, all Georgia fans are just like, God. We're, we're that was Mathis, wasn't it? It was Mathis. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just nailed, I'm, nailed. I'm looking at last year's board, and we did we did pretty solid. We, did, we had a good week. Yeah, for once. For once. Closer. The, the road looked a little prettier. Mm-hmm. Should we just get into this? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, why, why, why be in right. the bush anymore? Let's yeah. do it. We could talk storylines or basically talk about this game however we want and talk for uh, four or five hours about it. But, you know, just discussing this, why not just let's go through and just kind of relive this game, you know, from the start, what our reactions were, what we were feeling. Then we can talk big picture at the end. But, you know, why not start with, you know, first play of the game, holding penalty on Clemson, uh, book out of the pocket, completed a nice pass, actually. But uh, Kyron Williams down the sideline, 65 yards, untouched. And I don't know if Nolan Turner, Clemson safety, touched him or not. But, I mean, what a way to start the fucking game. That was yeah. That was awesome. That made um, my- I think one thing I wanted to call out, I, was, I spent some time this afternoon rewatching the game. And uh, really good job up front from the offensive line too. Um, they made, especially the right side, the left, the left side did a really good job, obviously. But the right side of the line was awesome. Um, Jarrett Patterson is, ends up picking picking up the defensive end who's head up on Lee Meikenberg. Uh So that's what that's two and a half, two and a half gaps outside um, of where he was. And Tommy Kramer comes out comes over and picks up the nose guard. So like. It's little things on the backside that they did really well on that play that kind of allowed, allowed them to make you know that that kind of opened up that hole too. Um, so really good run by Kyron and he and he he shows he's got a little bit of jiggle too, um, shaking the safety without getting a hand on him. Um, really good job up front on the first play that that was really cool um, and that was uh, that was something fun to celebrate celebrate over. Yeah, that was uh, that was just like a kind of a oh crap moment like. We belong on this field a little bit. Like I can't remember the last time we've seen a Notre Dame athlete just absolutely put a Clemson, a top, 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 top athlete in in the dirt. Like he just shook him. He, he put one move on him and he was gone. And then created separation the whole way throughout. Like I was, I was awesome to see. We were in it. Yeah, and it it was so important for Notre Dame to come out and throw that first punch. We, like. We knew there was pretty much no shot in their name was going to be able to blow this Clemson team out, although it almost seemed like it for a second. But it was so important in this matchup of heavyweights to throw that first punch because you knock Clemson you know, back. You knock them on their ass a little bit, and they're like, oh, fuck, like, these guys are here to play. That came from Kyron Williams, and the game, again, I think – I think they did get one first down, but then they tried to go to ETN on third and two. Kurt Heinisch blows it up stuffed. Yep. Yeah, we came out hot. I think I said it last week. I'm a two-round horn a little bit, but like we needed to jump out here and, and play from the lead just because it opened up our playbook a little bit going forward. I don't remember the last time. I, and the, I, I maybe maybe this, I maybe this just short I don't remember the time for last time they threw the first punch for the big game. 
especially this early. Um, I really like the idea. I was, I think well, I, I talked about some somebody talked about this with somebody earlier today. What what they would do if they had won the toss. And once it once I originally thought they were going to defend because I think it could could have been important to get the ball at half um, and get the first possession in the second half. And I trust our defense. But I forget who it was, but somebody said to me, it was like, no, no, no. first three scripted plays are uh, win the toss, get the ball, and take a shot. And we didn't... Well, we did take a we, shot. We, we did take we, a shot. Yeah, we essentially, I'll, I'll, I'll count that as a shot. So I think the three, first three scripted plays went, went pretty well. Well, that, that first that first play from scrimmage is a play action, and even, like, people people knew we were going to, like, that's just the way Brian Kelly does in big games. He just comes out and just, like, tries to take a shot downfield. And watching it on TV, I was like, oh, God, another play where Book has all the time in the world and zero separation. But even there, they ended up getting, like, a holding call, but he still made a play. Yeah, he still It wasn't maybe the play that he thought he was going to make, but he made a play. It was play. still completion to Brock, right? It was like, yeah. Yeah. And then our – like moving on to the second driver game, and that's another. We marched the ball down the field. Like yeah, we needed points there. I thought we needed points. Was, was that like was that that was the back shoulder to McKinley? That was the bulk of our yards. Back shoulder to McKinley what a, on like, third down. And that's the second straight game we've seen that from him. So you know, if he starts to become that reliable, Ian Book can make that throw. He's been that's one of the throws we know for a fact he can make. He's been doing it for three years. If McKinley can keep doing that, you know that's. A great bailout option. That's something Ian Book, you know, that's a play he loves to go to on third and longs. Yeah, that was a huge play. He might he might might have pushed off a little bit, but he made the play. That's okay. I will I will say one thing for the game on its entirety, and maybe you should say it I'll say it now. Notre Dame was awesome on the money down. They were fantastic on third down, um, and that was just one. That was one of the first early examples of it. Was uh, hitting Javon in the back shoulder in a one on one. Um, that was a great throw, a great catch uh, by both those guys. Yeah, I I agree with that. Then you know that was this was a play where other than that third and that was huge. I was a third down, I think ten or eleven too. But other than that, we marched the ball you know, all the way down inside the Clemson five. And then you know you think on fourth and inches, this team's done it all year. You know, obviously we were going to punch it in then. You know, this is why I think they're, they're still, like, Notre Dame didn't play their best game, and Clemson didn't play bad, but Notre Dame won. Yeah, like, which we, is encouraging, made, right? Yeah, like, it has to be. You can you can assume, like, Michael Mayer alone left eight points out there with that false start play, yeah. that false start play, and then he dropped one in the end zone. So he alone, possibly our best offensive player, left eight, eight points out there. Yeah. And that, you know, John Doerr was nails. You know, I, I don't. Was, I don't blame him for the fifty-seven else. yarder. But. No, not at all. No, no, not at all. He was. He was like. He was so good. Like anything short of fifty, he had two forty-five yarders. That he's a weapon. He's an absolute weapon. And, but, like those were absolute. I'll, I'll give both guys credit because Potter, Potter looked equally as good. I think the Clemson. One thing Notre Dame did well was they they bent and didn't break um, very often, which was good. They for, they forced a bunch of field goals, which I think really. Troubled Clemson because usually they have no trouble in the red zone. But uh, I thought both kickers were, were very, were very, very, very good. Um, and I thought Door, Door especially for Notre Dame, uh, was, was extremely helpful. Yeah, I mean we've come to expect that from him. But you know at this point we're going in still like halfway through the first quarter and Notre Dame's up ten zero. Like that punch has certainly been thrown, but been thrown. But then Clemson comes back. 
they get, I think, just a quick big play. I think ETN, this is one of his, like, actually longer runs was on this drive, like seven or eight yards is what I consider long. For ETN, you take that all day. But then comes that shot from DJ that, I mean, we knew it was coming. We left Tariq Bracey on an island going back and watching the game. Notre Dame actually bracketed Amari Rogers, who's proved again in this game. He's also a really damn good player. He's slippery as hell. But, yeah, that 53-yard bomb on the money from DJ. Cornell Powell outruns Bracey to the end zone, and, you know, Tyreek Bracey doesn't play another snap. So it's uh, That, yeah, that well, Clemson punched back. Got, he got – he got he got waxed. He was like on his heels. Like it wasn't even that good of a route. Like it didn't, it wasn't really a double move. He just went made one break and blew by him. Bracy looked like he was like completely not ready for it. And then he also missed the tackle. Um, so then we I guess we went to Clarence Lewis after that, right? That was also also give the uh, Clemson some credit. Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott. That was a uh, that was a play action pass too. Uh, and it's and it sucked. Sucked Kyle Hamilton because you know he he was Kyle Hamilton's job all day. You know him and Wu kind of kind of had the Travis Etienne assignment, which is the right which is the right play. But it sucked it sucked Kyle Hamilton right up the field, um, and Bracy got beat, but he also didn't have help uh, o- o- over the middle. So all I was going to take was a was a decently accurate ball to a really good receiver in Powell, um, and, he, and he was going to get cooked. So uh, you know Bracy at fault, but good play, but good play call. Yeah, I mean we knew it was coming. Notre Dame. The pressures on them and put back on them, but we weren't in a bad spot. You know, we still had the lead. I believe the two teams traded punts after this. Am I correct? Yeah, quick punts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was another drive by the Irish. I'm looking at it again. I, you know, 13 plays, 66 yards, and then John Dory field goal. Where again, that was that. I believe it was third down, correct? Where Mayer kind of Mayer. it was a play where Book improvised. Mayer kind of got off his route. Ian didn't put it in a great spot, but uh, yeah, hit, hit him in both hands. It's a play he has to make, but you know that was another play four he will points make. left on the board. Oh, he will. He will make it. He will make it going forward, um, and he still played great. But that was an uncharacteristic drop, and it's tough to say uncharacteristic for a guy who's only seven games into his career. But I was shocked that that wasn't six. Yeah, yeah. I think he had. I think he had a few freshman moments, especially early on in the game. Um, and probably the biggest game he's probably ever played in. Um, so it was. Well, I think once, once he once he settled down, um, which he did late, uh, it was helpful late, especially, uh, especially moving the ball down the field on that last drive in regulation. Uh, once he settled down, I thought he looked a lot better. I'm, I'm glad he got everything out in a game like this because I think we're going to need him again, come Charlotte or, or you know, hopefully come to the playoff. Yeah, and that that's the thing about Michael Mayer's career. His big game is out of the way, game seven of his freshman year, and he's already messed up in you know the big game. I don't think it's going to become a theme with him, obviously. I think it was just nerves, and it's like his first time. It's his first quarter of a game of this magnitude. Like, Sure, catching touchdowns against Pitt and the beatdown Florida State team is all good, but you know number one's coming into town. You're looking across, and every guy in front of you on that defense has a ch- national championship ring. It's a little different, uh, for sure. But you know, now he has those nerves out of the way, and I think you know he'll become a weapon in these big games moving forward. Because honestly, you know, we talked about some of the matchup advantages that Notre Dame had, uh, and one of them was Michael Mayer. And until really that fourth quarter, he really didn't make an impact on this game, other than his bad plays. Yeah. I thought I thought we'll get into it. I thought Tommy played really well. I thought Tommy played really really well. 
I think on this drive that we're talking about, when it was 10-7, Book made a huge third-down completion to Tommy. Yeah, he did. That was a tight window. Tommy was coming across the middle a little bit, and defender kind of draped over him, and Book put it exactly where he needed to be for Tremble to make the catch. And, you know, it didn't lead to a touchdown, but it kept the drive alive, and that led to points. And I thought it was huge for us to to just rebound from the big shot from them with a a consistent, drawn-out drive. Um, and get points on the board. Tommy Grease did a good job calling plays, and the offense did a good job running the plays combined to make sure that if we were in third down, we were in third and manageable. Um, you know, we were less than third and five, usually third and four, third and three, and he hit Tommy in a nice crossing route. And he, right, it, was, it, was, it was very, very, very tight window uh, across Ian's body, uh, moving to the left, so good throw. Yeah, and uh, also a good thing about Book this game is that Ian Book didn't take any sacks, you know, where Ian Book does the take snap, backpedal, try to spin out of the pocket or whatever he's doing now. Fall down. When he felt pressure, he stepped up, and I think Clemson got to us twice. His sacks were for, like, a combined loss of five yards. You know, that's putting us in third manual situations, like you said, Tom, where, you know, Tom Reese did a great job calling this. So, yeah, kudos to him, kudos to Ian regarding that. But then after that, there was another, that was John Doerr, 27-yard field goal, second time. We came up short in the red zone. Uh, Clemson goes 11 plays, 80 yards, and that was again where DJ kind of carved up, carved us up going down the field. He's really fucking good. He, he's, he's super good. He's super good. And I, I think I said it to you guys a couple times. There were throws that he missed that Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't miss. But I think it's unfair to say that there were throws that he made that Trevor Lawrence automatically would have made. Like, DJ is incredible. He threw for 438 yards on us. Was He's a dual-threat quarterback. And, and he took some shots and put it right on the money that I don't know if Trevor Lawrence automatically would have taken those shots. So I don't really want to hear the narrative that they would have won this game without Trevor Lawrence. Because you never know. You never know. He was incredible. DJ was incredible. He's got to be incredible for three years. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw a pick six against Syracuse. Like, who's to say he wouldn't have made a similar mistake against us? DJ was, I think, based off NFL draft potential alone, he has the third highest potential of any QB quarter, like, currently playing in college football right now behind his teammate, Trevor Lawrence, then Justin Fields and... I think there's an argument to be made that he could be ahead of Fields because the dude's the size of almost Cam Newton, maybe with a stronger arm. I mean, he's unreal. Like, I hate that they're like, oh, wait till Trevor plays. Clemson's bigger losses were on defense, not the quarterback side of the ball. Like, if you watch that game and your takeaway was, oh, Clemson played bad at quarterback, you weren't watching the same game. No, like, not at all. Play. Not at all. And the de- the defensive losses showed, and I think we'll make for, knock on wood, we'll make for uh, – uh, a tighter, much more difficult game for Notre Dame uh, down the road. Uh, but I don't think that it's fair to say that Trevor Lawrence not playing had that big of an impact on the game, given how well DJ played. Yeah, after that drive, you know, that was another time that, you know, Clemson went 11 plays, 80 yards. We still held them to three. And that, I think that was huge. Um, and then after that, but during at this point in the game, you could feel like, all right, you know, storms come in, you know, Clemson, you know, they just did whatever they wanted against our defense. We're going to have to score 
every drive. We end up going three and out after that, I believe, or maybe we get a first down or two, but we give the ball back to Clemson. John Doerr, believe that was it. No, it wasn't his 31 yard punt, but Clemson gets the ball back and then Wu shows up. Yup. So I don't know if you guys saw this earlier and sorry, Dono, just to, just to tell the listeners, this is when Etienne kind of bobbled it and then Wu took it to the house. A couple things about this play. I thought it was incredible. He was there so fast. He was there to catch the ball and nobody even really knew the ball was out. Um, and then he just blasted through Etienne to get into the end zone. But there was a thing on Twitter, and yep. you guys might have seen this. Samson retweeted mm-hmm. this about this potentially being a play that Clemson's run before. Um, and Sleb, you can go into it about it being a halfback pass. So Sleb, you want to see what you tell what you saw? Yeah. So this was something that Samson uh, uh, retweeted. Uh, basically said that this could have been really interesting. It could have been could have been catastrophic uh, in, the, in the other direction. This play is designed for is um, it was. There, something seemed a little fishy because the play wasn't moving forward. It was moving east-west, and if not east-west, a little bit backwards. Um, so the play is, is a pitch to ETN and two of the Clemson receivers, Amari Rogers and somebody else not named Powell, uh, set up a, were supposed to set up a pocket for ETN to plant and throw from. And they, I forget who they, who they ran this guy. It might have been, been Syracuse, but they, they're supposed to set up a pocket out to the right for, for ETM to step and throw with Colin Powell, or sorry, not Colin Powell, excuse me, Powell streaking down the middle. Of, oops. Former uh, Secretary of Defense. Secretary of Defense. Um, with Powell streaking down the middle of the field. Uh, and I don't know if it necessarily would have been there, and it did last time they ran it, did hit for a touchdown and hit for a first down, for a longer first down. Um, and I'm not exactly sure if it would have been there, but great play by Wu because he blows the play up. Amari Rod, if you rewatch, Amari Rogers has no chance of blocking Wu immediately. I, and Wu said this after the game in the postgame comments. He didn't tell anybody, everybody that this was a halfback pass, but I remember him saying in the postgame comments, his postgame comments saying that they had seen this on film. He knew exactly what it was, diagnosed and blew it up, which is a huge, really good mental play by him. But this was certainly not that play is is a little tricky because it certainly was not meant to just be a outside pitch to ETN. That was supposed to be a halfback pass that Wu read awesome, you know, awesomely and, and blew it up and, and made a huge play for Notre Dame. Dean, before I pass back to you, I will say one thing that Wu struggled early. On the first play from scrimmage, yeah. on the first play from scrimmage on, Cle- uh, on Clemson's first drive, he got blown to pieces uh, by, a, by a pulling flanker, essentially, by a, a receiver coming across the formation. He gets he got he actually got depleted. He got he got knocked right out of his butt. And then later in the sec also missed a tackle on the second or third drive on Rodgers missed missed a tackle on Rodgers and Rodgers ends up breaking for like twenty five or twenty six yards. He did not play great early, but boy did he settle down um, and then find and find and find his game in, in the biggest way possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that play, that play had no shot from the start. They say, oh, if he doesn't fumble, like, no, he saw Wu, had seen film on Wu, and knew that if he didn't, like, back up and, like, take his eyes off the ball, he was going to get sent into another dimension. Like, Wu was coming for that ass. Um, like, Wu he was done. What I, what, I think, what I think is interesting, Slev, let's just say we're believing, because I, what I saw on that tape, I, I also think it was a halfback pass. For sure. Um. What I think is interesting is 
You don't usually use those gimmicky type plays if you're entirely confident you can. If win you're the game. number one team on, like, no, yeah. use that if you're an Eight underdog games. on the road playing the number one team. Yeah, use that if you're Virginia trying to beat North Carolina, or or uh, or, or Rutgers trying to cover Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Or Rutgers trying to cover Ohio State. That if that is true, that is very positive from what Dabo. Saw and being like, all right, we gotta do this. Deploy this. So we can get a drive. Done. Here's an here's a narrative. Is Dabo scared? That was always scared. a little scared. He's always been scared. He talks. He talks too much to not be scared. Let's push that narrative. Because do you know what happens in the next drive? So obviously, it's a touchdown by Wu. Clemson comes back. Like two, three plays later, bang, forces a fumble on Amari Rogers, guarding him in the slot. Perfect coverage. Uh, perfect. Like almost too perfect. Because it helped Notre Dame, let him get his two feet down, control the ball, and then pop it out. And then Notre Dame, you know, we couldn't convert on that drive, but still, that was three points that we essentially just stole from Clemson. And needed, yeah. And the cloud picks it up, and uh, that reminds me. That play reminds me of a play that Alohi Gilman makes. Yeah, that's uh, that's an Alohi sure. Gilman type play uh, that I would that I, I I love I love when that happens. Yeah. All right. So after that, that was huge. It's kind of just move through the third quarter because, let's be honest, it wasn't great. Clemson came back. It was 23-10 at this point after that woo fumble and the kick by door. Uh, Clemson comes down, another great you know, bend but don't break by Notre Dame. Defense holds them to three. Clemson's first drive after half holds them to three. But then, you know, Notre Dame's offense essentially just stalled. We couldn't get really anything going. Three plays, three play four yards on their, first, on their first drive coming out of half, and I was really worried because – Dab was playing games like this before, and I was really worried that Kelly had gotten Kelly, Kelly and Reese had gotten out adjusted by Dabo and Venable. I was really worried that they got out adjusted at halftime, and this could this could go south quickly. I mean, we saw it last week with Phil the Thrill going three of thirteen in the second half. Like Dabo Venables adjusted and just shut them down. Yeah, Venables Venables is incredible. Um, I just want to point out that I, I saw the years come off Slevin's life coming out of halftime. A couple of those drives, Slevin was silent at this game. Watch. I, he was hurt. I, lo- I loved how you were going through it, my man. I loved, you were going. Through I loved it. how close Ian got. Ian got to watch. Got to watch this all uh, in person for the first time, probably in a long time. Yeah, I mean, he, he. I was just like, there are years coming off this man's life with every non-push up front. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we didn't, anytime they got penetration, Slevin is losing at least half. A year. Good news is Avery Davis put on a few half years later for us later in the game. But let's keep working towards it. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, third quarter we really couldn't do anything. Clemson's able to put another drive down together. I thought we were almost going to stop them there down by the goal line, but uh, I think Tony Elliott uh, just put together a great play call. I think they scored on third and goal where the tight end just slipped out. You know uncovered touchdown and at that point it was real and you know they tied it up we needed an answer we go all the way fucking down the field only for ian book to fumble on the three he said he knew it too the look in his eye mm-hmm. if, if there was anything if there was anything that took multiple years off my life that was it um because i don't know about you guys but i've seen this episode before that was like yeah. i uh, i was like Man, here we are. Here we go again. We had a real a legitimate chance at putting stranglehold in this game. We didn't do it, and, and now we're in some serious trouble against a really, really good football team. 
Yeah, for sure. And I remember I was walking around for about the next 25 minutes because I thought, you know, that was a gut punch. Um, saying, how did he fumble? How did he fumble? And, you know, kudos to Ian, obviously. How did he, he, how, how did he fumble? The guy didn't like, even hit the like, ball. He it's was like just, he popped it off he himself. He was just, yeah. yeah, he was just, that's like, a freak play. Holding it weird. I think he slipped a tackle and was so surprised he slipped a tackle. Yeah. He just kind of loosened up his hold on the ball. Um, but, that's what it is. It is what it is. Another seven points left on the board to bring us to a total of exactly fifteen. Jeez, and against the number one team in the country, leaving fifteen points on the board. How many teams can do that and still win the game? Dude, I think you could make a good case to say that you left that we left twenty one on the board. Like, well, there's four each from the f- mayor from the mayor mistakes because those there's still three points. So we're just then, arbitrarily giving them giving them four, giving, calling those four. Well, because it would have been touchdown instead of a field goal there. Okay, and then right. yeah. seven right. from the right. touchdown. So he, right. here's right. here's what I'll say about us not playing perfect. Like if you're gonna say that, like yes, we didn't play perfect. But if you're gonna say that Ian Book fumble is him not playing perfect, he played so much better than he's ever played yeah. the rest of the game. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't get I wouldn't get too hung up on this narrative that we played the perfect game. We didn't play the perfect game. And we still beat them because, like, yes, he made that fumble and didn't play the perfect game, but he still played the best game he's ever played. Mm-hmm. Not close. Yeah. All right. So, you know, going from that fumble, we thought we were done, but, you know, we get a stop, then get another field goal. I think that was important. Clemson comes back, gets one of their own. Uh, that makes it 26 26 ball game, under 10 minutes to go in the fourth. This is the time where, you know, you're saying who wants it more. Uh, then after Clemson's field goal, we can't score, convert, and they go 12 plays, 70 yards, 75 yards in almost six minutes. And at that point, you know, you think, dang, at least we were close against Clemson. You know, hopefully the narrative changes because we were close. And, you know, that thought was creeping through my mind at some point there after that you know, back-breaking drive, ETN finally broke through for a touchdown. I wasn't there yet. I was there after the next drive. And I was ready to blame it all on the refs. Was that the was that the missed PI? Or was that the overturned PI? Or uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't a missed PI. They, they had, had the it. Was, they made the right call. Yeah. I, I don't know and then Dabo yelled at them once and they're like, Oh no, you were right, Dabo. Yeah, so I had a I had a similar feeling to D in that like once once Clemson scored to make it thirty three twenty six, I'm like, dude, I don't I think this team's too good to to let anybody else back in the game. Um, and then especially after the drive that Ian just mentioned where uh, they call a PI on Skoranek um, and then end up taking it back, which was absolutely ridiculous because that was certainly PI. But once that happened, you turn it over on downs. Uh, I was like, all right, well, we'll see these guys in Charlotte. Yeah. I, I basically talked myself into seeing these guys in Charlotte and that we played, we played a really good game tonight, um, but going to need to fix some stuff and come back with even better effort in a few weeks. So I was, I was, uh, I wasn't completely out, but I was pretty, I was damn near. Yeah. Okay, Skoranek played great. He played great. He also had a drop on yep, that on fourth, that fourth down. down. Right that was tough. It was a crucial drop. But then, you know, we knew it had to be three and out. There was no other option. We had, I believe, two timeouts at, going in. We didn't end up having to use any of them. Or we might have used one on the first play. Then we used one on the, on the first play. 
Clemson holding penalty, bring him back. But, you know, since it was a penalty, clock stops. We don't have to burn the other one. Then the next play, ETN goes out of bounds on a little swing pass. And do you know why, like, he went out of bounds? We beat the shit out of him this game. He didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want to come back and bounds and fight for extra yards. He knew he got the shit beat out of him. In the back of his mind, he knew Wu would be coming to get him. Or Drew White. He had a couple big. Shane hands Simon. On him. Or Shane Simon. Kyle Shane Hamilton. Simon. They were looking to put a lick on him if he cut back. Yeah. So in the back of his mind, he took that two extra steps instead of trying to fight for more yards. Goes out of bounds, which on a normal third down, you know that's fine, but. He, you have if you're Travis Etienne, you have to stay in bounds and extend that game, and he was too scared to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Too. I think that um, we didn't, we haven't mentioned his game. We haven't mentioned some of the guys on defense's names yet outside of Wu and Kyle Hamilton. But our linebackers, I thought, played really well. I thought they flew flew sideline to sideline really well. There's one player early, early in the game that we didn't touch on, but um, it was on one of the first two drives that the ball gets swung out to the to the close side of the field. And Drew White comes tearing across the field from the middle linebacker spot and puts a, puts a lick on, on Travis Etienne. I thought that was pretty helpful uh, in setting the tone early as well. Oh yeah, that was that was on that they were running four by one receivers on that play. Yeah. Etienne was kind of at the back of the diamond. Mm-hmm. They tried to run the like fake based off that in OT. Yep. But uh, that's exactly the play didn't work. Yep. All right. So after Travis Etienne's little bitch ass runs out of bounds. Uh, no offense to Travis, he's a great player, just not on this night. Uh, you know, Clemson pins us inside our own nine, or on our own nine, inside of our own ten. And, you know, I didn't, at this point, you know, I thought getting the stop was more important, you know, to our victory. But at this point, I'm just looking at ESPN's uh, GameCast. Clemson has a 97.3% chance of winning at this point. That's too high. That's too high. It's way too high. That's too high. We've been moving the ball too well at that point, and I didn't even think about like whether we had a chance to be nine. I was just so excited that we got to stop. Well, so much yeah. In ESPN's defense, we'd only put up three points in the second half up to that. Up, up to that point, we looked good in the first half, but we'd only we only had a field goal drive in the second half. So, yeah. so I don't know if we like is that algorithm more based on like. I think it's ninety-seven percent of the time that teams in that position lose or something like that. I don't know. I don't know yeah, how. It works. I'm not entirely uh, sure. But, it's too high. It's too high. Clemson certainly hasn't lost a game when they have the opponent pinned on the nine with, you know, <laughs> minute and a half left in the last five years. So, fuck. You know, give the ball to your fifth-year senior quarterback and let him fucking go. No, I didn't. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy put the ball on his shoulder. Like, he ran the ball a ton late in the game. Which I love. Like, effectively. Which I love. Yeah, effectively. He's, uh, he's, now, he's now second on the all-time rushing uh, rushing us for quarterbacks another day. He's just behind Tony Rice. I don't know what the numbers are. I wonder. I wonder if he has a shot at it. Let's talk about this drive. You know, it starts out. You know, we we're getting ten yards every time we were going. They couldn't. They had no shot stopping us. Clemson was backed off so much, hitting crossing routes. Uh, basically, anything we wanted to do. Thought Tommy drew it up well, but then you know the play that we're all going to remember forever is uh, that play, you know, Kyron Williams, the story of this game was, you know, not even his running. Everyone's going to be talking about his blitz pickups for a guy he who was went 23 incredible. carries for, yeah. He incredible. He goes for 140 yards and three touchdowns. They're going to be talking about his blitz pickups because, you know, 
when Notre Dame needed to have it, they still needed the play to, you know, take out. It's 91 yards. you got to have some chunk plays. You know, nine, eight, nine yards wasn't going to do it the entire way down. Kyron picks up a blitz, Book steps up, and then Avery Davis somehow comes op- wide open in the middle of the field, just absolutely dusted their safety. And that's when I started to believe we're going to win this uh, See, game. I will say, I was, so, I was so hyped after that play, but I almost felt I was like, you know, he needed to get in. Yeah, I was I was really worried about him not getting in. I, I thought if he I got like, in, like, there was – Great play. T- I, I want to just tie it up at that point. But, like, and then the next play after that, we threw it away. I was like, I, like, I easily could see this us just falling just short because we fall short. We Last time where we played Clemson in the regular season, uh, in Death Valley, the two-point conversion, we fell short. We fell short against Florida State, like, at the three-yard line. I've just seen us, like, not get into the end zone was, that last push so many times. I was really, really one worried. Minute. Really worried. Well, I think there's right around the minute left. I, I thought for a second, you know, if we punch it in and tie it up, that's too much time for DJ to come down and just, you know, it would probably be two completions to break our backs, you know, our secondary. There's a... If there's a group that didn't play great, it was Notre Dame, especially against the pass. I thought we did pretty damn good, Hamilton Crawford, uh, especially filling against the run. But our secondary, you know, when a guy carves you up for the most yards and against Notre Dame ever, obviously you didn't play great. But, you know, they stepped up when they needed it. And that's why I wouldn't have necessarily trusted them uh, going in a two-minute drill or one-minute drill or whatever. But... I don't know. It came down to, and the story of this game is, I don't think Clemson has played a quarterback that can improvise as well as Ian Book can. And they faced guys who are bigger. They faced guys with stronger arms. But when it came down to it, Ian Book was just a fucking playmaker. You know, all throughout this game, especially on that last drive and in overtime as well. He was yeah. unreal. On that play, he did, he did something that was crazy smart. He gets flushed out of the pocket, and instead of just immediately rolling out to the right, because Rob Hainsey's out there holding a block, he takes a step inside the left hip of Rob Hainsey, which draws somebody else down from the inside, and so whoever's coming from the outside drew them back, back on the inside to the other side of Rob. Basically, Drew took a step, took a step that he knew he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna expose that hole, wanted to go to the outside, but gave him a little extra time once he got outside, um, and then so he takes the step, steps back outside, he's got plenty of time. And and the guy comes off Avery Davis, and Avery Davis just takes two steps back away from this guy uh, and sits in the end zone, and, and Ian hits him with a, with a really nice throw and a really nice catch uh, to tie this game up. The thing is with Ian... Oh, my God. No, go sorry, ahead. sorry, Donna. You go ahead. No, I was going to say... I was just going to... I was going to move on to the next place. You go. You go. And I was going to, like, in this game, this entire time, he, you could tell he wasn't thinking. He was just playing ball. Like, he wasn't trying to overreact to any situation. Like, if he saw a guy open, he just fucking slung it. And he's so much better when he does that. So much better. We were we were so good. Not on this play particularly, but just in general, the, average Davis, the long Avery Davis play. We were so good against the Blitz. Like, Ian was incredible against the Blitz because of Kyron Williams, but he also was just incredible against the Blitz on his own. Like, they, they, they just kept coming, um, and it gave chances to our – I was surprised it kept coming because I thought it made it a little bit easier for our receivers to win because they were putting more one-on-one situations. Um, but they kept coming, and Ian Book just was picking them apart. It was awesome. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to OT. First one, kind of forgettable, honestly, because, you know, first play, you're like, they, first play, you're like, oh, fuck, we're playing Clemson. That's right, you know. Yeah. A big, a quick reminder to wake up and yeah. we hadn't won the game yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, that DJ just threw a fucking dart. Then, you know, it's very hard to stop 6'5", 240 on the you know doorstep. So we're like, oh, fuck. But you know, Notre Dame was not frazzled at all, you know, getting the ball back down seven. You know, they did not show fear. Like I said, Kelly said this so many times in that icon, which is the best video I've ever watched. I love those it's icons like, normally. This, this there's, so many, there's so many times when this team could have folded against Clemson, and they didn't seem like they were under any pressure after Clemson scored first. They're like, all right, bet, go down. It wasn't like we needed a big play or a trick play. It was like, let's run our shit. We know we can get 25 yards. Yeah, it was methodical. I mean, it was just like, again, they put the ball in Ian Book's hands. They ran with him. I mean, it wasn't taking shots three times, hoping one of them hit. Like, they were like, first down, first down, we're going to punch it. Like, it was just a confidence about that drive that I, I wasn't expecting to see. I agree. I agree. I thought we looked, especially to get punched in the mouth like that, it, it, Right, 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 right away. Uh, I was very impressed with the with the answer drive to put it into. Put it into with, Did you guys ever? No. no, I lied. I'm sorry. You know, it's a good good answer drive uh, in the first in the first frame for sure. Did you guys ever think about in regulation or in here? Did you ever want to go uh, see us go? For no, two? I thought we were playing too well. No. Yeah, me neither. I no. like I I was like we were hanging right with them. There's no reason to. Take a yeah. gamble like that. We if we moved the ball, it would just be, you know, we were fine. Yeah. Uh, if 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 we had probably not everyone who. Go ahead, dude. Sorry. No, no, I was gonna say it was everyone who like wasn't like a huge Notre Dame fan was saying like, oh, go for two or root. It was like root for the underdog. Notre Dame didn't play like an underdog in this game. No. No, no. they played the no. entire game like they belonged. That's there what I was wasn't any underdog thing here. If if we hadn't hung with them the whole game, and, and especially we had we had leads at different points in this game, like uh, winning at halftime, like I didn't think there was any reason that we couldn't we couldn't take these guys in overtime. Yep, I mean this isn't this wasn't like an upset story. This wasn't oh Clemson comes out and starts sleepwalking. No, Notre Dame just punched them. And you know it's like you can't come away from this game saying Clemson played bad. No, this was too. Great teams going toe to toe. You don't need to go for two if you're in that situation. You know that's what underdogs do. Notre Dame does not want to be an underdog when they're playing in these games. There was uh, there's one play in this next draft we're about to talk about. It was a big play, but Ian Book missed one. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was, it was yeah it was the Ben Skronik. Yep, Tommy Tremble's Tommy running Tremble wide was wide open. open, wide open. I mean, like I don't even know how he's not his first look. Okay, he yeah. was untouched in the end zone. Yeah, but, but you know, it didn't matter. I mean, the second the second OT, we came back off the ball, did the same thing. They're like, looked at our offense, said, "All right, we need us to get started with a yards. started with a false start." No. Yeah, there's there's some kind of ty- type of penalty. Hold on, we're having it yeah, There was like a missed face mask on Kyron, I believe. Oh, on this. that was crap. That yeah, was no, they, yeah, it was yeah. just negative play the Kyron, then book just shook uh, Jake Venables. Then picked mm-hmm. up a first down. Next play. Okay, so you know what it was. There was back. There was back to back penalties. 
Uh, Notre Dame had an offensive holding, and then Clemson had a uh, 15-yard personal foul. Oh, it was like which put out it, of bounds or whatever. Yeah, which, which put it back to Notre Dame, then had the ball first and 10 from the Clemson 20, rather than the... Uh, okay. Yeah, but the, yeah, I think even after that was the Kyron missed face mask. Then, Kyron missed face mask, because then it was the Book draw. Yeah. Book draw play. Then it was Skoranek, and then... I believe it was Kyron next play. The, the, you could just tell by the end of this game, getting those three yards for both of Kyron's touchdowns in OT. Automatic. Uh, automatic. Like, we had just worn down their defensive front so much, there wasn't a question of whether we could punch it in at the end. Yeah, it was, that was We wore those fuckers down. Then Clemson Clemson came out, and they tried to get cute. Sorry. Yeah, I... They, I, I thought their I thought the, their play calling at the end of the game... Tony Elliott's play calling is disastrous. Absolute garbage. Um, they're a very good football team, and they I don't think I've seen a team play more scared in overtime. Yep. And then once again, this comes down to them trying to run that halfback pass or whatever. You know, you do that shit if you're the underdog and you need gimmick plays. Notre Dame played these guys straight up. Clemson was like, all right, I don't want to go to a third overtime with these guys. We're getting the shit kicked out of us up front on both sides of the ball. We need to try to get off this field in one play. Or, you know, they're That's scared someone point. else is going to get hurt. I think they would have gone for two. I, I absolutely think they would have gone for two. I think at that point that they could have gone for two in that case. Yeah, you're, you're very right. That's different. But uh, our defensive line, we talked about it. We needed some way. Like, the D-line played great, but they stepped up on this drive with back-to-back. I mean, it was over after the, the, the second Dalen sack. Um, I thought Dalen, like, literally is such – he's an incredible leader for this team. Yep. I think he's, he's, he's a, a fucking animal. Maker. He's, exactly. He said, um, it, he said it himself. Like, DM watch. DM watch. Mentality sets it sets him apart. I'm watching exactly what you said about that. They, the same play that they ran to ETN earlier that Drew White blew up is the first play they run from scrimmage on the second overtime, and it's a mess. Dalen blow, blows it up. Dalen blows it up by – by, by covering ETN right off the draw, and Ade gets through on the backside and crushes DJ. Yep, and I think I think Wu gets in there too off of like a delayed blitz. Like that play had no shot. They're doing the fake screen yeah. and go to one of the receivers. McLeod yeah. already peeled off, covered the receiver. Like talk, talk they, they had no shot. Talk about your dudes doing stuff. It was Shane Simon and Dalen Hayes who blow up the ETN fake off to the outside, and it's Wu and Ade. Uh, woo up the middle, yeah. Ade off the edge, who ended up getting home. Uh, awesome yep. stuff. Yep. And then Crawford blows up their tight end. Yep. They're yep. left with fourth and a prayer. No shot. Irish win, yeah. 47-40. And that was awesome. It was just fucking pandemonium after that. That was a, that, that was a moment of pure ecstasy, I think, for, for, for all of us. That was... I, I didn't even know that the students rushed the field until later. We had no idea. As, we had no idea. As, yeah. as, soon as, they, as soon as they threw the ball 15 yards short of the first down marker, I, I mean, nobody's eyes were on the screens. It was game over. Yep. And I had no idea the students even rushed the field. Dude, I don't think I gave bigger hugs or high fives right, to, at any other point in my life. Was that, was, that was awesome. It was incredible. It was awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I'd say. We deserved that. <laughs> you deserve that, and good and good good for those kids who rush the field. I mean, I have no problem with it. You've had the shittiest semester ever. You can't go outside and like meet people, especially the freshmen who are there. Like, 
you know, you've been locked in for so long. Like, it had to feel, feel good to just, like, Notre Dame's a school where, you know, they pride themselves on how united the student body is, how close it is. And having it been so isolated this year, those kids being able to run out on the field and all celebrate together was awesome. Oh, yeah. And, and they all got tested today. And it's senior night. How much do you love Kelly? And we're senior night, too. How much do you love Kelly's comment before the game? Yeah. yeah. We're going to win this game. Get off the we're field. Storm the field. So get get off the field. Yeah. Like, that, like, that would hype me up so much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That would hype me up so much, possibly. I like that Kelly, Audrey Samahole, treats this team, treats his teams, especially this one, as a mature group of mature group of young men. Um, you know, he, he said it all along that it's a, it's okay to look forward to the Clemson game, uh, because I trust that you guys will still take care of business. It's okay to say that there's that we're gonna win this game this the crowd's gonna be rushed because the crowd's gonna rush the field because I, I trust you guys and because I think I think we are gonna win this game you guys should believe that too. It's it's, Tom, it's that, really good stuff. That that segues into a point like one of the only ones I wrote down for this podcast that I wanted to make is the leadership on this team. And then you look... <coughs> and uh, you look and see, you know, who's making the plays in crunch time. Guess what? It's your senior captain quarterback, Ian Book, throwing the ball down the field. It's Javon McKinley, a guy who's worked his ass off, you know, for his fifth year, hasn't played, you know, all throughout, leading receiver over 100 yards. It's Avery Davis, who, you know, is the youngest of those guys who we're going to talk about making these plays in fourth quarter OT. That's a guy who's been everywhere on this team, sacrificed so much, gets his opportunity, capitalizes it, has the biggest play, and then eventually the touchdown. Then you go on the defensive side in the ball, the two sacks. It's Dalen Hayes and Ade, your two senior captains on the D-line. Third and 24, you know, if they get half that yardage back, that – Next place completely different. Very Who blows nice. it up? Your sixth year senior, Sean Crawford. Goes in dislodges you know, the ball. Yep. Yep. You know, you see I'll say who are the players who are making the plays? It's the captains. It's the guys who were there for four and eight. You know, you trust those guys. You know, if you're a young guy, you're looking up to them. You know, you listen to what they fucking say. And then those guys are out there making the plays to bring you, you know, they were in the lowest valley in years for Notre Dame football, and then they brought us to the peak in the end. Um, I, I will say the one thing I wrote down for this pod is somebody don't pissed off Brian Kelly for the last time. He's like, he's pissed. About, he's so sick of being pushed around the playground. Little Brian Kelly, little Dabo and Nick Saban's been pushing him around. He's like, I've had enough. We're out here and I'm, I'm one to be reckoned with. So I'm Brian Kelly is taking a whole new mentality just this year. Um, and I hope it stays. I, lo- just I love the that. way he treats the media and the way he treats the team. He's just like screw it. We're 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 elite. This Somebody team's this team is so fun to root for. There's so many guys you just yeah. love rooting for. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. That was uh, I was that was a fun few hours. Um, I'm glad I got I got to do it with you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It was awesome. Incredible. Awesome. See you guys again. Um, December twelfth. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Inbound for Charlotte. I think. No, I think that's actually on the nineteenth. It is the nineteenth, the twelfth. Yeah, it is the nineteenth. Oh, wake is wake the twelfth then? Yes, wake's yep. gonna be the twelfth. Syracuse the fifth, wake the twelfth, and the ACC on the nineteenth. That was so awesome. We just spent a lot, a lot of time on Clemson. I will say, I I think this will be just a game that we refer to for weeks to come. Like just how this game affects oh, recruiting, yeah. how it affects our mentality, how it just affects 
mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different things for this team because it's just a program change of win. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really what it is. We're just going to be referring to for a while. It's a, it's a legacy-changing win. I think you look at Book, you look at Kelly for both mm-hmm. of them. Ian Book, it was always like, oh, he's you know nice. Like, we won some games, but it wasn't because of him. We won this game because of Ian Book. With, you know, yeah, he absolutely. led us 91 yards and didn't turn the ball over Almost ball like, out. It's going to sound cheesy, but, like, like damn inspiring for me at book because he like he hears the noise like he does such a good job of handling but he hears the noise that he's just not that special and he was special um i want to make two two final points for the mother bc uh we dominated a lot of scrimmage on both sides of the ball we were we were the more physical team we we kicked their ass on both sides and it wasn't close um our offensive line defensive line deserve a lot of credit uh and the other other call out i want to make is that our our coordinators, fortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, our coordinators outdueled two of the best coordinators in the game right now. Um, Tony Elliott and, and Barrow got beat by Tommy Reese and uh, and Clark Lee. Um, only on the only unfortunate piece about that is that it, I mean Clark Lee and Tommy Reese are, are just continuing to build their cases as to why they they're going to be a head coaching job at some point soon. Um, but really, kudos to them because Tommy Reese did a really good job at getting out of his comfort zone, and 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 Lee, and Lee just kept the same thing going. Man, his defenses are elite, and they proved it again this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, like this was, you know, you'll like you can, I think Clark Lee's game plan. I'm trying to say it's like I think they executed what he wanted almost perfectly, saying. We're going to stop ETN and try to make this true freshman beat us. And kudos to DJ. I don't know if Lee thought he was going to be that good because he almost did beat us. But in terms of executing the game plan, shutting down the most explosive player in the country, yeah, we shut him the fuck down. And stop the run as well. That goes hand in hand. But, you know, Clemson averaging, what, 1.1 yards per carry? That's unreal. Something ridiculous as well. All right, so I think I think we could spend six hours on this game. Let's why don't we yeah. why don't we touch BC and since we have we all have normal lives, we better get back to it at some point. Yeah, at some point, as much as I don't want to. I don't uh, want to either. The Boston College Eagles, led by Phil the Thrill, Jerkovic, former Notre Dame quarterback, probably going to set a lot of records at BC at quarterback. Honestly, um, he is six five with a rocket arm and can run. Uh, a lot to like about him physically. Other than that, BC, they do have some good receivers as well. Uh, but other than that, there's not a ton to love about this Boston College team. They're coached by Jeff Hathley, exactly. but they have exceeded a lot of expectations. Let's not forget they took Clemson to the wire. So I, I do, my, my biggest thing on them is I think they're really well coached. Um, I think I think Hathley did a really good job last week against Clemson, especially the first half, and has done a really good job against a bunch of other teams. Did they did they beat North Carolina or did they take them to the wire? They lost on a two point conversion. They lost on a two point conversion. So look, I mean, mistake by Phil, but you know, they're also right there against another pretty good team. I'm not saying that you know that North Carolina's a top five team, but that's another good team in the ACC that they're, that they're right there with. Um, so I think they're a really well coached team, um, fairly talented, and uh, I think Phil will be hungry for some revenge. That's for sure. Yeah, I. Phil will be. I just want to say before we get this started, some of my fondest memories of Notre Dame football are being there when Phil's in the game because that means we're up by a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's we're up fair. by a lot, and I'm about to see three straight downs where he throws it 80 yards, <laughs> and 
And the, the receivers only at 50 yards, but Phil's going to air it out for sure. He's got to show it off. Those plays. They, they're they're, they're going to test our second. Came in, whenever he came in, he was just slinging. And it's, he, it's a different quarterback than he ever was at Notre Dame. Um, he's a gunslinger for sure, and it's, it's a different, different look. But when he was at Notre Dame, he would literally just come in and maybe it was an RPO, maybe it was it was a set play or a set pass play, but he would just absolutely bomb it downfield with no regard. Yeah, I mean he's a very much a much different quarterback than Book in that he can make those you know fifty yard on the run throws, but he's also going you know you run the risk of him throwing three picks, and you know that we heard so many times before last season for Notre Dame, oh Kyle Hamilton had three picks in practice today. Well, guess who we got those three picks off of? Phil. So <laughs> Phil's true. facing his old arch nemesis. Uh, Kyle Hamilton still doesn't have an interception this year. I'd imagine I that he, Kyle Hamilton. I imagine he gets one here. It's just yeah, he knows how to read Phil. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Like Clark Lee knows Phil's tendencies. You know, I, I'm sure Phil and whoever Boston College's offensive coordinator is, you know, they'll say like, "Oh, he's going to be expecting me to do this." But I think. Clark Lee's a little smarter than Phil is at this point, um, better coordinator. And I think he'll scheme for that and just, you know, try to make almost anyone but Phil be. That's Notre Dame's just done an awesome job all year of taking away the opposing team's best player. And taking away Phil is taking away a quarterback, I guess, is a little harder. But if you let anyone else on BC try to beat this Notre Dame team, it's just not going to happen. I agree with what you said. Yeah, it's not. Like, uh, they, I, this team, this team's got some swagger, um, but if you take away the thrill, and there, there's some history behind this game. Everyone's been talking about the Notre Dame loss back in '93, the week after beating the number one team. But that Boston College team that beat Notre Dame that year, they ended the season ranked number thirteen. Uh, Tom Coughlin, Tom, I know you're a big no fan way. of him from the G Men. Yeah, he was their head coach. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot so of sense. I, I, I don't know if uh, Jeff Halfley is quite as good of a coach as Tom Coughlin, you know, multiple-time Super Bowl champ. So I, I, also, I, I don't know if you can say history repeats itself there. No, I, I think if you want to go on the history repeats itself train, um, I think Pete Sampson bought this up on the Shadrock, the, the one that got released today. Um, but I think if you want to look at history repeating itself, um, you I think you're better off looking into 2012. Um, Notre Dame plays... It goes it goes to Norman and beats Oklahoma, right? And the following week they play against Pitt, um, and I think that game goes to double overtime. Pitt, oh yeah, Pitt Dame, a field goal for the win. Notre Dame does everything they can to hand that game to Pitt, and Pitt says, "I don't want it," and tries to give it back. Um, so uh, I think that that game, not the Notre Dame is playing that game. I'm not terribly concerned about it either way. But if you want to do the hey, hey history repeats itself, I think you'd be better served doing it the Brian Kelly era. Uh, or another undefeated season that's a little bit closer to home uh, than the 1993 game. I'm not tired. I'm not terribly worried about anything from 93. I mean, one, I, I just don't see it with this team. No. I, I think the leaders just keep these guys too focused. Like they're, I agree. I agree. I think they're too locked in, man. I agree. this is this is this is a different team. Um, one yeah. point I do want to make um, that's that is that is it's what everything it's what's right with everything in college football. Um, but it's something that's scary for me this weekend, is it's the Red Bandana game for BC. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know the story of the Red Bandana, the 
Man with the Red Bandana. It's definitely worth a watch. Welsh Crowder, who was a BC lacrosse player, and have saved a bunch of lives on 9-11, despite losing his. Uh, the Red Bandana game, even with there's no, nobody in the crowd, it's a really big deal for BC. It's a really big deal for the BC community. Um, and they always play really, really, really well in the Red Bandana game, as they should. Um, so that's the only that's the thing. If there's one thing that's actually giving me hesitation this weekend, uh, the fact that we draw the short stick and have to and end up having to play in the Red Bandana game, uh, I'm slightly concerned. Not that I think it's going to actually change the outcome, but something to keep in mind because they're they're also really good against the spread in this game. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think we'll get to it, but uh, I, I'll be happy with the win. Yep. Yep. Come to come yeah, to Boston. Come to Boston. Get out of here. Like, it almost seems like there's too much stuff going on there. Like, there's, you know, there's the history from 1993, red bandana, like, oh, BC has to win. Like, almost feel like there's too much of that stuff going on. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen when all those stars align. But, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about? Yeah, before we move to picks, I got one question for you guys. Are you guys upset that we didn't get the number one ranking? No. Like I said, every... I, I do I will say this though, if we win the ACC title game against Clemson, I think we should be number one over Bama. Yeah, yeah, totally. And because I think so they'll, too. They'll, yeah, yeah, and I I do think I think I think we will. I think we will if too. It, like yeah. if if that happens, I, I think we would. Be. I was excited to light the number one up over Grace Hall for sure. Uh, I think that's like yeah. something really special that hasn't happened in quite a few years from Notre As from a football standpoint, obviously it's happened women's basketball fencing, hockey at one point. Um, but I think lighting up for football is really special, but I'm okay with us not getting not getting anything. I'm actually pretty content sitting at number two. Yeah, I'm fine with it. We'll earn it. Uh, I want to earn it. I don't want it to be handed to us mid-season, you know. I agree. I agree. It's better to, it's better to be lighting up at the end. Now. It's better to be lighting up at the end of the season. Or, okay. All right. All right. You want to go to picks? Yep. All right. Let's look. We'll, we'll roll through these. Um, all right. Good week on my end. I was 6-0 last week. Ian, you were solid. 4-1-1, and D, you were 3-3. Um, I'll say this. Last week's slate was a lot better than this week's slate. We've had... Wait, Slev, what did you say? Were you you say 6 I was 6-0. Why didn't you parlay everything? Could have won some good coin. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but I'm coming from that ass here. I'm coming from, I'm coming from the top. We'll see. Um, We'll see. Yeah, this week. This this weekend slate got blown. This week, this weekend slate got blown to pieces. Uh, we were picking from a we were picking from a narrow slate, and I think once, I think this slate will begin to tail off pretty quickly. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna pick four games, and we'll pick a lock, and then we'll give a um, we'll give a master's pick. All right, everybody sound good? Okay, we got Notre Dame at Boston College, uh, and Notre Dame is favored by thirteen and a half. On the road, who you guys got? This opened at sixteen. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, um. Yeah, I, I think no name. If they play solidly, we're at least three touchdowns better than this BC team. Uh, I think we cover thirteen and a half, even with two. I think I think no name wins. Let's see, thirty-one fourteen. I think we have a little bit of trouble scoring. BC has a solid defense, but I think we shut them down, win by 17 points. I like it a lot more at 13.5 than what it opened at, but uh, I'll still take the Irish because I'm not going to not take us ever again. But, uh, I, I, again, I, I said it earlier, let's just win the game. Um, I'm going to say 
35-21. Okay. I have uh, – I'm also going to take another name. Like you mentioned, I like it a lot better at uh, south of 14 because I can see it, see it just being weird that, you know, you only win by, only win by two touchdowns. Um, I agree with you, you know, get in, get in, get in, get a win, get out. Um, leave Boston, leave Boston eight now is, is the main thing I'm concerned about. But I'll go with, uh, 30, I'll go with 34 10. All right, next game. Uh, welcome back, Graham Mertz and the Wisconsin Badgers. I hope we welcome you back, mm-hmm. Graham Mertz. Um, right. Wisconsin travels to the big house to play Michigan, Wisconsin, four and a half point favorites on the road. Who do you guys got? Wisconsin, uh, next question. Harbaugh, Harbaugh spiraling. He is. Yeah, he's an absolute free fall. I don't think it matters who's under center for Wisconsin, um, as long as most of their guys are back. You literally could, like a a twelve-year-old could be under center for Wisconsin, and they'd still do pretty well against a Michigan cornerback. So uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Wisconsin, take Badgers. So I'm gonna take Wisconsin as well, but I wouldn't be upset if Michigan won, because I'm on. Yeah. uh, Let's let's make sure that John Harbaugh has a job for as long as possible. That's true. Uh, but we'll we'll go we'll go with the Badgers. Next game, <clears throat> Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks travel to Gainesville to play Florida. Florida seventeen and a half point favorites at home. Who you got? So who does Arkansas lose this game? Is it their head coach? Yeah. Is Pittman out? out? That yeah. stinks. Yeah. That stinks out loud. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I mean Arkansas has played really well. I'm also just not fully on this Florida bandwagon yet, just because I've seen their defense give up a ton of points. Like, I, there are definitely more holes on Florida's team than there's anyone else in top four. So, I'm gonna go with Arkansas here to cover. Yes, yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think Florida's got something. They're they're gonna come up momentum with that Georgia win and uh, try to keep rolling and, and not give up this momentum that they have. So I'm gonna take Florida. Okay. So I had originally had the Razorbacks, um, but I forgot that Sam Pittman wasn't going to be uh, wasn't going to be there. So I'm going to go switch my pick right now uh, to Florida. Uh, Seventeen and a half is a little bit big, but that's okay. I, I think Florida can do it. I'm um, sorry. Next one. Oh boy, we had a tough we have a tough time picking a picking a uh, Pac-12 game to pick. Um, but you got Utah at UCLA. UCLA three and a half point home dogs. Who you guys got? I mean, the Bruins. The Bruins kind of screwed me over uh, last week. I picked yeah, them in my log of the week. Uh, Chip Kelly's just a bum, and I think Utah's <laughs> a pretty solid program. So uh, I think Utah wins this by a lot. So I don't know why I trusted Chip Kelly. I too will be on the Utes. Uh, I know nothing about the Utes this year, but I know they're a solid program, and I think Chip Kelly's been a job. So, yeah. uh, they're not they're not Chip Kelly. That's all you need. I have a lot more. I have a lot more reasons to bet against Chip Kelly than do to bet for the Utes. But we'll go with the Utes. Okay, guys, fun one here. Give me your pick to win the Masters. I can go first if you guys want. Yeah, go ahead. I'm taking the Northern man from Northern Ireland. I'm taking Rory McIlroy. Yeah, right. uh, he's at he's at a good price. He's a plus thirteen hundred, um, and this would complete his his Grand Slam for the majors or. What do, you, what do you call it when you get off? This would be his. This would, yeah, it's his grand. Yeah, this slam. would complete his grand slam for, for the majors uh, with a win with a win at Augusta uh, on Sunday. So I'm going to go with Rory at plus thirteen hundred. 
Okay, I'm gonna go with um, Justin Thomas. I, lo- I love the JT pick. I, yeah, I know he's a Bama guy, but I'm gonna go with JT. Um, I think it's gonna be wet and, and, and muggy in Augusta, and a, and a nice second shot game is gonna be important. Um, take JT and hunt some putts. I agree with that. The second shot game is important at Augusta, but as long as you are uh, absolutely dick sauce the first one, the second shots, you know, it's a little easier. <laughs> and I know uh, Danny Felton. I know okay. if you're if you're listening out here, uh, says no way that Bryson can uh, swallow the course at Augusta. No way, because he's a golf purist. Danny's a golf purist. He wants <laughs> some guys to hit some nice six iron shots. <laughs> I don't even know if Bryson carries that club in his bag anymore. Um, you know, I, I, this is just a pure preference. I'm going to bet on Bryson too. So I'll back this up. And like, I think, you know, we'll see him like honestly start changing the game of golf. I think it's kind of hilarious what he's done and like put on 50 pounds and just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to make sure I hit driver pitching wedge on every par four. I think that's just a hilarious way to play golf. Uh, just cutting over trees and shit. You know, that's kind of how I play. I'm not a purist. Can I hit the ball 350-yard <laughs> carry? No, but I'd like to imagine that I can. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take uh, old Bryson here. All right. Dude, I heard you bench more than Bryson. <clears throat> I do bench more than Bryson. Okay. I, I like seeing that factoid on Twitter. Maybe right. not anymore. There might be closing gyms in Ohio. So We got uh, – we're short, we're short time here, so let's get the uh, – let's get our locks up. Yep. All right, I'm going to go with uh, the Demon Deacons against North Carolina. They're plus, they're 13.5-point favorites. I think North Carolina can win, but I think Wake Forest will be able to score with them. So uh, Wake Forest I'm gonna go with. Wake Forest plus 13.5. Wake Forest plus 13.5. All right, D, who do you got? Um, so I, I forget where I originally saw this. Ian, what time is that game being played? Because I'm taking the over I thought it, game. Oh, uh, okay. Um, actually, what time is that game being played? Let's see here. It is being played at. It's going to be a 11 a.m. kickoff, 12 oh, Eastern. Perfect. Yeah, I'm taking the over in that game. I cannot find it on here for whatever reason. Oh, 66 and a half. I think there's going to be a ton of points. Okay. Um, man, then my lock of the week. Do you guys know who's who's the home team that game? It's at Carolina. That's it's at Carolina. Perfect. Um, okay. My lock of the week is I'm riding with the Shadow Man again because um, he's treated he's treated me pretty nicely um, so far. Uh, I got Rutgers at home defending Piscataway. Uh, Rutgers minus six and a half over the struggling fighting fighting line out of Illinois. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. Fade fade the Lovey Smiths. Fade Lovey Smith for that. All right, fellas, that was a blast. All right, that was a blast. Best Notre Dame football weekend. Fuck of our lives, maybe. I don't know. That was awesome. That was great. One to be talked about for weeks to come. Can't wait. Yeah. To come. Yeah. Can't wait. Decades to come. All right, fellas. Talk soon. All right. Thank you guys for listening. All right, boys. All right. Go Irish. <laughs>